Welcome to the St. Andrew Sunday Morning Sermon Podcast. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you believe, or whether you even believe at all, you belong here. Beloved, our reading this morning comes to us from the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Hear now this reading from chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, They were all together in one place, and suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Eliamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and other parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, or it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. May God add a blessing to the reading of this word. Breathe, breathe. 
Good morning. Good morning. It is good to be with you at St. Andrew, and I want to thank Rev. Mark for the invitation to preach this morning. And I get to preach on the one Sunday when the Holy Spirit gets top billing on the marquee. So that's pretty great. Today is one of those special days in the life of the church, sometimes known as the birthday of the church. The story of Pentecost Day in Jerusalem is a kind of classic. It's a story to which the faith community assigns authority and one to which we return every year 50 days after Easter. Now, I know Rev. Mark finished the Stranger Things sermon series last week. However, the story of Pentecost can be a little weird in its own right, can it? We can get caught up trying to analyze what, whether they were tongues of fire, were they really tongues, and how the followers were speaking in foreign languages. But all we can truthfully say about this story is that something transformational happened, something miraculous. There's an ambiguity and a mystery to the Pentecost story to embrace. As Will Willimon says, in reading the Pentecost account in the second chapter of Acts, we are part of an author's struggle to bring to reality something of the truth about the church, something that cannot be known except in this story, something that demonstrates the power to change everything. The story begins with the disciples and followers. They're holed up in another upper room. Wait and pray, Jesus told them, for you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The very same Spirit that hovered over the dark waters and brought forth light. The same Spirit filling young Mary. The Spirit that breathes and shapes mystery. Yes, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So wait, stay together, pray, trust. Then early in the morning, during the festival of Pentecost, as they prayed together their morning prayers, something began to generate sound, uniting and stirring in the room. Perhaps it was the breath of their prayers uniting with holy breath. We don't really know. 
But this holy breath stirring and in the room grew stronger. It grew stronger, like a strong wind swirling and swooshing in and among them. They held on to one another as they watched this unruly wind begin to erupt with sparks. Sparks that were flickering like flames, hovering over the top of them, and then gasp, gasp of the surprise that grew to a hum that grew into words, and words grew into language, multiple languages, voices multiplying and strengthening, their voices carrying out into the streets. People in the streets for the Pentecost festival, they overheard this cacophony of voices, each understanding in their own native tongue. Holy wind and fire had set proclamation in motion. Voices were infused with this distinct Galilean dialect, reminding us that God works with real people, regular people like you and me, people who are filled with spirit and proclaiming on God's behalf in our own ways. Well, the cynic's corner chimes in. No way. They are filled with new wine. And then the second miracle of Pentecost happens. Because who could have predicted the one who now speaks? Peter. Peter, who followed at a distance on the night of Jesus' arrest. Peter, whom the maid drove to utter those terrible words, Woman, I do not know him. Now, not only does Peter find his voice, but now filled with the Holy Spirit, he is empowered to stand before this vast crowd, half curious, half mocking, and speak in a way that only a few weeks ago he could not speak. The Spirit has breathed life into this once cowardly disciple and created a new man with the gift of bold speech. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your young men will see visions, your old men dream dreams. And when the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they will prophesy, and I will set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire, billowing smoke, the sun turning black, and the moon blood red before the day of the Lord arrives. The day tremendous and marvelous. And whoever calls out for help to me, God will be saved. I love how Barbara Brown Taylor connects us to Pentecost morning. What happens between us when we come together to worship God is that the Holy Spirit swoops in and among us, knitting us together through the songs we sing, the prayers we pray, the breath we breathe. So, take a breath. If you have studied Earth science, then you know that our gorgeous blue-green planet is wrapped in a protective veil we call the atmosphere which separates the air we breathe from that cold vacuum of outer space. Beneath this veil is all the air that ever was. 
No cosmic cleaning company comes every couple of hundred years to suck out the old air and pump in some new. The ancient air, it just keeps recirculating. Which means that every time any of us breathe, we breathe stardust left over from the creation of Earth. Every time we breathe, we take in what was once a baby's first breath or a dying person's last. We take it in, we use it to live, and when we breathe it out, it carries some of us into the next person or tree or blue-feathered heron who uses it to live. When Jesus let go of his last breath, willingly, we believe, for the love of us, that breath hovered in the air in front of him for a moment, and then it was set loose on earth. It was such pungent breath, so full of passion, so full of life, that it did not simply dissipate as so many breaths do. It grew. It grew in strength and in volume until it was a mighty wind which God sent spinning through that upper room in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. You see, God wanted to make sure that Jesus' friends were the inheritor of Jesus' breath. And it worked. Wow, that must have been quite the morning and afternoon, and before the day was over, the newly birthed community had grown from 120 to more than 3,000. In Luke's gospel, we have the birth of Jesus nestled in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloth, and in Luke's Acts of the Apostles, we have the birth of a new community wrapped in the Holy Spirit. Luke is the gospel of Jesus, the Jewish rabbi Jesus, who gathered disciples, taught on the hillsides, performed miracles, and challenged Jewish authority. In Acts, the Spirit is the power which enables the church to go public with its good news, to attract followers, and to have something worth saying. I shared with my Wincrest friends how much I love Pentecost. I love it because it is yet to be commercialized. I'm not sure how many greeting card companies would grab hold of Pentecost. May you be filled with wind. Come Holy Spirit, set my hair on fire. No, I don't think so, and that's one reason I love it. You see, Pentecost is a story of unity, not uniformity. And the ongoing miracle of Pentecost is not just that we are brought together like Ezekiel's dry bones or that we can hear each other, but that we can understand each other. The new body, the new community that God creates through the Spirit is one in which we listen to each other and where each person is welcome, safe, and valued. What is it that Rev. Mark says at the beginning of every service? St. Andrew is an open, affirming, inclusive congregation that welcomes saints and sinners, believers and skeptics, the lost and the found, the wonders and the wanderers, families of all shapes and sizes, and people from every point along life's journey. My friends, those are bold words of welcome in a divided, divided world. The Holy Spirit came on Pentecost, wrote Mark Jennings, that we might listen for grace, speak in love, and live as one people. 
The miracle of Pentecost is that though we may still speak different languages, have different experiences, hold wildly different ideas and viewpoints, we are made one in this family of Christ. Theology professor Carrie Day from Princeton writes, these events of Pentecost invite us to ponder this question. Will we be vulnerable and willing to experience holy disorientation as the disciples did during the ancient early days in order to announce a new humanity? Will we allow our voices to speak a language of good news that can be heard by all people, especially those who are as vulnerable as the Jews of the diaspora were under Roman imperial order and as countless people are under the thumb of dominance in this day and time. Will we be open to this joy of Pentecost, the impossible gift of community now made possible through the work of the Holy Spirit? Let me say that again. Are we going to be open to this joy of Pentecost, the impossible gift of community now made possible through the work of the Holy Spirit. I want to share with you a spirit-led story of community. It's called Agnes' story, as told by Dr. Tony Campolo. Now, Campolo was uh, in Hawaii. He had arrived there for a conference and he had come from the East Coast, so jet lag was brutal. He was hungry, and he couldn't sleep. And it was 3 a.m., and the only place open was a grungy dive in an alley in downtown Waikiki. As Tony sat there at the counter, munching his donut and sipping his coffee, in walked eight or nine prostitutes just finished with their night's work. They all sat down at the corner, and Tony found himself uncomfortably surrounded by a, a whole group of smoking, swearing hookers recounting their night on the street. He was finishing up his coffee, planning for a quick getaway, when he heard the woman next to him say to her friend, you know what, tomorrow's my birthday. I'm gonna be 39. Her friend replied nastily, so what do you want from me? You want a birthday party, huh? You want me to get you a cake and sing happy birthday to you? The first woman said, why do, you, why do you have to be so mean? Why do you have to put me down? I mean, I'm just saying it's my birthday. I don't want anything from you. I mean, why should I have a birthday? I've never had a birthday party in my whole life. Why should I have one now? Tony suddenly had an idea. Instead of running off, he sat and waited until the women left, and then he asked the guy at the counter, do they come in here every night? Yeah, he answered. Well, the one next to me, right next to me, does she come in every night? Yeah, he said, that's Agnes. Yeah, she's, she's here every night. She's been coming here for years. Why do you want to know? Because she just said her birthday is tomorrow. What do you think? Do you think we should throw a birthday party for her? Maybe we could throw it right here in the diner. A smile crept over the man's face. Hmm, that's great. Yeah, that's great. I, I like it. So they made their plans. Tony said he'd be back at 2.30 the next morning with some decorations. And the man, whose name was Harry, said he'd make the cake. 
At 2.30 the next morning, Tony returned with crepe paper and other decorations and a sign made of big pieces on cardboard that said, Happy Birthday, Agnes. Together, they decorated the diner from one end to the other, and it looked great. Harry had gotten the word out on the streets about the party, and by 3.15, it seemed that every prostitute in Honolulu was in the place. At 3.30 on the dot, the door swung open, and in walked Agnes and her friend. Everybody yelled together, Happy birthday, Agnes! Agnes was absolutely flabbergasted. Her, her mouth fell open, her knees started to buckle, and she almost fell over. And then the birthday cake with all the candles was carried out, and that's when she totally lost it and began weeping. Harry, who was not used to seeing a prostitute cry, gruffly mumbled, blow out the candles, Agnes, blow out the candles. So Agnes blew them pulled herself together and blew them out. Everyone cheered and said, cut the cake, Agnes, cut the cake. But Agnes looked down at the cake and without taking her eyes off it, slowly said, look, Harry, if, if it's all right, I, I mean, if, if I don't, I mean, well, what I'm trying to ask is, is it okay if I take the cake for, you know, keep the cake for a little while? Is it all right if we don't eat it right away? Well, Harry didn't know what to say, so he shrugged and said, sure, if that's what you want to do, keep the cake. Take it home if you want to. Really, Harry? Agnes, it's your cake. Agnes got off the stool, picked up her cake, carried it high out the door like it was the Holy Grail. Everybody watched in silence, and when the door closed behind her, nobody seemed to know what to do. They looked at each other, they looked at Tony. So Tony got up on a chair and said, what do you say that we pray? And there they were, in a hole in the wall, a greasy spoon, half the prostitutes in Honolulu, at 3.30 in the morning, praying for Agnes. When he finished, Harry leaned over and with a trace of hostility in his voice, he said, "Hey." You never told me you were a preacher. What kind of church do you belong to anyway? It was one of those moments when just the right words came. Tony replied, I belong to a church that throws birthday parties for prostitutes at 3.30 in the morning. Harry thought for a moment and in a mocking way he said, No, you don't. There's no church like that. If there was, I'd join it. Yep, I'd join a church like that. As Henry Nouwen said, without Pentecost, the Christ event, the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus remains imprisoned in history as something to remember, think about, and reflect on. But the spirit of Jesus, it comes to dwell within us so that we can become living Christ here and now. Yes, here and now.
we have a couple of takeaways from today's sermon. Pentecost is a foundational story of our faith, written to explain the present in the light of the past. The miracle of Pentecost is that though we may still speak different languages and have different experiences and hold different viewpoints, we are made one in Christ. And the ongoing miracle of Pentecost is not just that we are brought together so that we can hear each other, but that we can understand each other. May it be so. Amen.
for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like more information about our church or our vision to eradicate social isolation and disconnection by practicing the faithful presence of the incarnate Christ, please visit GoStAndrew.com. See you next week.